Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. This is such a failure of a attempt at an episode. <laughs> well, well, it, it hasn't failed yet, right? but yeah. this is an attempt, a failure at a theme. Well, um, so this is the this is going to be the first time we've spoken about three movies at the same yes. time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But without any sort of recurring theme well, between any of them. Well, okay. So there is a recurring theme. Uh, it is October, the month of horror, spookiness. And <laughs> we tried to find uh, horror movies that are also martial arts films that were not from China because yeah. it seems like all of the major ones are from uh, Hong Kong or, or of Chinese uh, origin. And I was like, all right, well, let's try to mix it up. You know, I'm, I'm sure there, there's got to be there's got to be some other martial arts <laughs> films from other countries that also have some horror aspects. Right. Well, we landed on three. Well, we technically we watched four. Two. We watched four. Oh, yeah. well, that's true. We that's watched true. Four movies. Well, we, we gave a mini review of uh, what is that? Uh, Blood Hunters. Blood Hunters. Yeah, I forgot the name of it again. Uh, at the end of one of our episodes recently, the last one. Um, the last one. Yes, that's right. Uh, totally memorable movie. Uh, not to be confused with the totally memorable movies that we'll be talking about today too. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we were talking about three of them. We are, and yeah, when I said dud before, I guess they really were duds. It's very hard to use our typical format of breaking down action uh, the way that we can with these movies. So what we're doing is an ensemble episode. Yay! It's like we gave up. This is our <laughs> this is our admitting the feat episode. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it, it it's so it was so funny because. Uh, we picked we picked a movie we're like all right let's watch this you know we as we typically do we'll watch films together and upon watching it we realized oh no there are no fights in this movie okay okay let's try this one and then we watched another one and it's just it snowballed into fuck well we need to record uh, <laughs> all right l- let's just do all of them well let's just uh make it a generalized sort of review of the, of the film. yeah sure sure well the th- the only common theme of these movies besides them being loosely martial arts themed uh is that they have some spooky supernatural elements to them mm-hmm. although the first movie we're gonna be talking about isn't technically a horror movie in fact it has no horror elements it just has to do with the devil i think uh, i don't really understand the story yeah there are ele- <laughs> there are elements of uh christian lore and uh, yeah. japanese lore which is a really really odd mashup yeah. well well we're talking about hellbinders uh for those of you who've never heard of this movie i don't blame you because the only way you can find this movie right now is on amazon prime and it's in like the back you, you know like when you go into the like back in the old days when you go into like the uh, the the video store and you go into like the the back section, uh, like this is like what you would see in the back section, but like it has no cover. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that no cover uh, movie that you can rent in that store. Uh, 
But it has three big names that you should be aware of um, that drew our attention. Mm -hmm. And this is a real reason why we wanted to watch this. It has uh, it stars Ray Park. Uh, the and for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, that is Darth Maul mm -hmm. uh, from the Phantom Menace, um, and he's the star, supposedly the star of the show, along with uh, two other veterans from our our, our show from uh, what is that Broken, uh, Path. Broken Path? Yeah, Johnny Young Bosch and Dan Southworth. Yay! This is this movie was released the year after Broken Path. Oh, good lord! So, what happened? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was the worst of the bunch. <laughs> uh, not, not to jump ahead and already spoil it, but man, I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I, I don't even know how to describe this story. How it... You kind of described it before. It has a little bit of Judeo-Buddhist <laughs> uh, mixture in there, I guess. Yeah, there is, um... Fuck, I don't, I don't know. Like Ray Park is, uh, he's like a mercenary, and he's selling a book to a dude who resides in the Always Sunny in Philadelphia bar, <laughs> which is, which is accurate. <laughs> they shot yeah, outside they of that bar. For some I love reason. how you spotted it from a mile away. Yeah, and uh, the book. Has some sort of writing in it that does something related to hell? Question mark. I think. Right. All you need to know is that uh, yes. Yeah, so the main three leads in this movie are John Young Bosch, uh, John Young Bosch, Ray Park, and Esteban Cueto. I'm Cueto. pronouncing Cueto. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And so each one of them has like a specific role in like. Well, they're. They have a specific role in, I guess, defeating the devil or whatever, or like some demons that are being summoned. It's uh, um, so the idea is uh, the the entity known as Legion in the Bible, which is multiple entities. Uh, I guess is trying to do something bad because I don't remember the story, so I'm just gonna say he's trying to do something <laughs> bad. He's trying to get this book, and three good guys are trying to stop him. All you, yeah. The story doesn't matter. All you need to know is that Ray Park looks like he doesn't give a shit throughout this whole film. <laughs> and that's it. And it's actually really disappointing because <clears throat> I thought the selling point of this movie was that was Ray Park, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, we have Johnny Young Bosch. We have, I don't know who Esteban Cuerto is. Uh, Dan Southworth is not billed, not top billed at all, but he is in the movie as a villainous character. But the real reason you want to watch this is for Ray Park because... He's fucking Darth Maul. I don't think he's starred in any movie before. And after watching this movie, I can kind of see why Darth Maul never talks. <laughs> oh, man. He is a... He is like a potato. <laughs> just, I, I don't know what it is. He's Either he's just... Either he realizes he's in a low-budget movie, so he is not giving at least... He's not giving any percent. He's giving like 10%. Or he's yeah. just a really bad actor, and he has no delivery. He has no. Uh, there's there's nothing. There's no inflection to his voice. Yeah. He is just this stiff note all the way through, <laughs> and it's weird because the script seems a little witty. It it seems like they're trying to be playful with the dialogue. They're trying to jump off of each other. They're trying to make jokes here and there, but it all falls flat because of these performances, unfortunately. Well, zero. When whenever he was supposed to be giving a one like a one liner, 
I actually had to stop and think, was that supposed to be Woody? I, I can't actually tell because he's so monotone mm-hmm. about the whole film. And again, th- that's fine. All right, he doesn't. Maybe this is a low budget film. Uh, it's ex- it's excusable if he doesn't care. However, again, this is Darth Maul. I was expecting him to do some Darth Maul stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is that was extremely disappointing because you would think that they would play up to the fan service of casting this actor, and somewhere in the movie he'd get a bow staff, you know, yeah. something, even just maybe just a nod. I mean, you don't have to do a nod, but you would think that they would give him some sort of uh, physical performance to do, yeah. and they don't. They just give him two guns and they just dual he just dual wields and just rolls around and there's CG flying everywhere. Really, 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 really low budget CG flying all over the place because of story. And yeah, it's, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's upsetting because okay, Johnny Umbrosh, his his gimmick is he's like a ninja esque kind of guy with the sword and everything, and he's doing a lot of like the flips and kicks which are poorly edited you can't make out anything that's happening throughout the whole film and we'll get back to that obviously mm-hmm. uh and then we have uh, uh esteban who's kind of like the brute he's like that he's literally a literal tank he he basically is just like a brawler and ray park's gimmick is guns and it's not this movie does not shoot uh, shoot it is not film uh, gunplay very well. In fact, it doesn't film gunplay well at all. It, it's it's uh, like there's such a waste of fucking talent here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, Ray Park didn't want to do it or they just didn't realize that they have Darth fucking Maul on set. <laughs> yeah, the, it's uh, considering we watched Broken Path and that was five guys, five guys and gals shooting a movie in a cabin in the woods. And it's freaking amazing for for being such a low budget, you know, uh, little title. And then you got this, and it's like, oh no, you just see the quality just dip. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the actors, you know, I'm sure it's not any of their fault. I'm sure it's just this is a low budget film. I, I I'm trying not to be so harsh on it, but when you see the final product, it's there's just so many questions about like why did they go so hard with the plot they made it so complicated that it's there's just so many long bouts of dialogue mm-hmm. that are confusing because you think okay you have these martial artists in the movie at least when the action comes you're going to give them something fun to do and the the fight scenes are just, blah. just what blah. makes the choppy mm-hmm. action because we're obviously very used to choppy action in all our in various episodes insert here mm-hmm. um what makes it worse is the fact that we have everything in picture in picture in this movie <laughs> uh so just to clarify what you mean by picture in picture it's uh, on the post-production end they decided to make this look like a comic book and what i mean by that is they took the they took the movie image and they shrunk it down and they put like, you know, paper uh, or like comic book panels around Frames. it. Frame. Yeah, thank you. Like a comic book frame around it. So you, it looks like you're looking at a comic book frame. But you're just, you just made the action smaller. And they do this multiple times. It's extremely distracting. I do <laughs> not understand why they, why they did this visual choice. It's annoying. I think at the two-third mark, there's a, there's a fight scene that goes on. And 
it's it's a it's not even a fight scene. It's a fight transition, <laughs> right? Because yeah. every time these comic book panels, which again are only a third of the screen, happen, they feel like they're transitioning from one scene to another. Like these are just meant to be snippets, right? Like yeah. oh, oh, these these people are about to do this in order to get to this uh, this next scene that's about to happen. But the fight scene will happen in these tiny little panels that are just uh, like a fraction of the screen. So you can't. So I was going to say, yeah, (coughs) usually what would happen is they would shrink the the screen down into this comic book panel. And then stylistically, they would have another comic book panel kind of like swipe on screen, kind of like nudging it over, almost like you're reading it. And, you know, that it's cheesy. But sure, why not? The problem is. Towards the end of the film, they keep an entire fight scene in this little comic book panel and nothing is transitioning. Like nothing is bumping it off the screen. We're just watching it in this little panel. And we kept on complaining, no, no, don't do this. Make the screen bigger. Just just get rid of this. It's like watching a fight scene on an iPod. Yeah. Like the original iPod from like 2004. Right. Imagine like going to the movie and then just taking out your phone and watching the movie on your phone screen instead. It's like <laughs> you have uh, you have the full frame in front of you. Shrinking it down like that was just so stupid. Right. God. Yeah, see, then it's hard. That's why we couldn't choose this movie uh, to, to break down as a, uh, by itself. And what ended up happening is uh, I guess – I could probably say the best fight occurs at the halfway mark. And it, oh my God, I can't. When I say best fight, I mean, that's a very low bar with yeah. this movie. Uh, maybe a little bit more than halfway, like around the 50 minute mark. They're in a parking garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Johnny Young Bosch and Esteban. They're fighting a bunch of goons led by Dan Southworth. And you can see like small hints, mm-hmm. small hints of that fight between uh, Johnny and, and Dan from Broken Path. But of course, it's not as good because the editor decided to have a field day and just, you know, just chop the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it's fine. It was like, this is as good as it gets for this movie. It's acceptable. It, and then it would, like, anytime it would get somewhat close to uh, ramping up, it would just cut a hard cut back to, to Ray Park sitting in a room praying. <laughs> praying for no reason uh, like meditating supposedly trying to get some sort of like extra power or whatever because apparently he's the, like the chosen one in this movie right he, uh, he's the, the i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i think i think his plot point was he has no soul oh god and yeah. apparently that maybe that's why he's so monotone <laughs> yeah yeah insert joke there <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh unfortunately he's supposed to be the one who's uh like going to be the one to take down the bad guy at the very end, right? And we're expecting him to have like this, uh, you know, once it becomes everyone versus the big, big bad guy who's revealed at the end, uh, you expect Ray Park to, you know, power up and, you know, go, you know, super super Power Rangers and whatever on, on him. And he all he does is just he tackles the dude and they go plummeting towards hell <laughs> in the worst CGI background ever. It, no, and... it it's the best CGI. I love it. <laughs> if you want oh, to we... see if you want to see really you know really cheap CGI, this is definitely the movie for that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's I pretty don't... bad. I, I'm trying not to be so hard on it, but it's. The the problem with this movie is it's not so bad it's good. I yeah, really you that. I really wanted this to be so bad it's good because upon rewatching the trailer, 
it looks really cheesy. It looks like it could be like a really dumb, fun, like just yeah, just like B movie. It's it's not even a B movie. It's just like a D movie. <laughs> and the uh, the action is is just not there. It's yeah. unfortunately like not there at all. There's there's not enough effort in this movie. Uh, I, I I I mean obviously I wasn't there, but you know like I, but it, it's kind of clear from the final product. There's no there wasn't enough effort from like even the performances. Uh, it just feels like everyone's so wooden. They don't really feel like they they care on on set. I think the only one who really seems like he cares is Esteban. Uh, even Johnny Young Bosch looks like he's too good for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like I I just came back from this great film that no one saw, Broken Path, and here I am. What's what's going on with my life? This movie is so bad that Dan Southworth didn't show up for the final days of shooting. So they just I think that's what happened, right? They wrote out his character. Like, his character just doesn't come back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they turned it into sequel baiting that will never see the light of day. Um, yeah, and then uh, I, I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I think that that's all this movie need, the, all the attention we need to give for this film. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, don't yeah. watch uh, Hellbinders. Uh, yeah, in summation, don't don't watch it. This is literally, you know, bottom of the barrel bargain bin. Uh, it's it's Amazon yeah. bargain bin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it ends on it just ends. The movie just ends like without warning that we're expecting it to just like go on. But then maybe that's a good thing. It just ends because then you don't have to sit through any more of this dredge. Um, yeah, and that's Hellbinders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, our second movie that we try to watch uh, for this theme was uh, Silent Rage. We haven't talked about Chuck Norris bo- uh, before. Ever. And yeah, yeah we, never t- we never covered him. And we never even covered Way of the Dragon. So yeah, we've had zero Chuck Norris uh, coverage in this, mo- in this podcast. So here we are. And unfortunately, he's only going to get one-third of the attention <laughs> for, the, for this theme. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Like, when you look up this movie, it says it's an American action crime neo-noir science fiction horror film <laughs> on Wikipedia. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, horror. Ooh, martial arts action. There you okay, go. sure. And yeah, unfortunately, is- well, well, I mean, in, in that whole description you just re- listed out, nowhere does it say martial arts so yeah uh, i mean the thing my thought process was okay chuck norris a very mm -hmm. celebrated uh you know film martial artist there's there's gotta be fights right right (laughs) and there are there are there's it's plural it's more than one yeah technically it's two (laughs) it's two (laughs) not enough for an episode Mm -hmm. yeah but uh hey at least this is not hellbinders (laughs) right i think that's a low that's the the bar we're setting here as long as it's not hellbinders we're okay. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, uh, what is it? What's the movie again? I always forget the fucking movie name, title. Silent uh, Rage. I keep thinking it's called like Scary Rage or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, Silent Rage. Uh, the only horror film I think Chuck Norris has ever been in. Um, but yeah, it, it's actually kind of an interesting experiment. Uh, there's no supernatural elements in this movie. But how would you describe this film? Uh, yeah. It's This is definitely more of like a slasher movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can yeah. you can definitely you could definitely uh feel the influences of halloween mm-hmm. in this there's a lot of those uh pov uh voyeuristic one shots which i mm-hmm. which i really liked actually i wasn't expecting that at all mm-hmm. and um you know uh slasher serial killer and uh, yes not 
not so much on the horror, but there there is a lot of tension in some of these uh, some of the scenes where there's just they just cut the music and you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. So it's a really really interesting experiment with Chuck Norris <laughs> as the lead. Yeah, uh, that's I think that this movie actually does pretty the horror element pretty well uh, without the supernatural element. It, yeah, you're right. It, it's all about the slasher. And about halfway through the movie, it, the intensity of that one particular scene, like, it gets, well, okay, up to that point, until we get to, like, what, roughly the 45-minute mark, I'm just, I'm just going to say it outright, you could totally skip the first 40 minutes of the film. Mm, uh, I'll disagree with you there. Well, I mean, unless <laughs> you want to see boobies. <laughs> so maybe we should uh, uh, sum up the plot uh, sure. very briefly. So uh, there is a mentally unstable man who goes on a killing spree in his home. Chuck Norris apprehends him, but then he kind of escapes, But the, and then he gets shot up by the police. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's taken to the hospital, and the doctors there aren't able to save him, but they are working on this experimental drug serum and they think, hey, let's just try it out. The guy's going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it regenerates his health. They they made Wolverine. Pretty yeah, basically. Much. Yeah. But, but I, mm-hmm. the question, the, the moral question is, well, the guy is mentally unstable. He's a killer. Should we really be doing this? And, and the so, answer is no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The they, answer is they, clearly no. They basically get what they deserved for for you know uh, testing their drug yeah. on this serial killer, essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the good thing about this movie is that I mean, well, the good thing about the movie is that once it gets to a forty minute mark, it becomes you know really intense, and you actually it becomes almost like a real movie. <laughs> Up to that <laughs> point, it, it's it's cheesy. Like I can't really make out uh, you know like what what they're trying to go for. Yeah, you know, because they're, they're because yes, we have this one particular fight scene, kind of. It's really short between Chuck Norris and uh, Brian Libby, who plays the uh, the villainous character, the the Wolverine, if you will. Um, but then, in order for them to have more action or excuse for action in the movie, there's a bar, there's a bunch of bikers that the the main character has to go against, and that could be completely scrapped from the movie. It, it just it just draws attention away from the main plot. And, you know, it slows the movie down. And there's also, like, obviously there's, like, a love story with, the, like, the potential love interest in the movie who Chuck Norris just says, hey, and then sh- and, and suddenly they're in bed in the next shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, like, all that's, like, set up. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit slow until we finally get to the scene in the, uh, the house, right? And this is where, mm-hmm. you know, the stalker elements come in. And it actually, I think a lot of the... The, the suspense and the the thrills are are there you know like it makes for an effective heart like uh, effective jump scares you know like without like being over overly reliant on the sounds themselves um so yeah like i i think that it does the horror really well mm-hmm. yeah it's unfortunate that the movie actually fails as a martial arts film though <laughs> because uh yes there is a barroom brawl mm-hmm. which is yeah, i guess it's fun it's of its time it's 1982 mm-hmm. It's Chuck Norris. I haven't seen so many of his films, but my assumption of his fighting style is he he falls under that uh, American style of editing and action where uh, it's like <clears throat> somebody throws a hit, then you you get the you know the cut to the reaction. You know they're they're not holding they're not holding the wides, and you're not getting long takes of choreography. Yep. There's a lot of editing. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but for me personally, that's not what I'm really interested right. in. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a, like that old school American style. Eh, eh, it's fine, I guess. Like you have to be in the right mindset for it too. Uh, I mean, you could definitely tell that there's issues with it. You know, like watching the bar barroom fight, you're like, wow, that, those guys in the back are literally lining up to take their turn to fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think all the jokes and the memes uh, have made Chuck Norris uh, famous or, well, he was already kind of famous for it, but, you know, his roundhouse yep. kicks. And, he's, you know, he, he throws them very competently because he is a, you know, a skilled martial artist. And there are some moves he does really nicely, but it's just like, I don't think this director was a action director, really. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but uh, it's just, yeah, the, the fighting is just, you know, it's very slow paced. It's like, oh, who's who's next? You know, they advance towards him. He hits them. They fall to the ground and then like rinse and burn. Right, right. Well, uh, like that barroom fight is is just kind of a mess, right? And I I don't even think about that fight at all. Like again, once you get to the forty minute mark, and you have the stalker in the house, and you know, like he he's basically undefeatable, right? He's 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 unkillable. What ends up happening is like after that, it becomes a lot more interesting. And, you know, like there's the stakes are raised so much more. And the final, I guess, chase scene that eventually turns into a fight scene is far more riveting than the barroom fight, right? So now we have uh, Chuck Norris and the lady friend. They are escaping in a car uh, from the from the from the serial killer who you know who chases them or like he's basically hanging on the back of the the car and they end up in the woods where you know basically they're now they're on foot and that leads them to uh that leads them to a fight in the woods uh, like basically on sand and i think that the choreography here is not too bad you know i think that you know it's it's yeah definitely has that 80s you know slowness to it right it's like all right your turn my turn kind of but uh, I like yeah, that. I like yeah. that master shot a lot, actually. Like, I actually like the fact that we have this uninterrupted back and forth between the two performers. Yeah, yeah. the The wide is nice. It's uh, yeah. Just to reiterate, you know, it is a little slower. Um, and the choreography, it's it it's yeah, it's very American for lack of a better term. It's they're like just kind of throwing each other around in the dirt. And I'm not trying to like uh, be so negative on it. But it's just like they're not doing anything like wildly interesting. But it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. for the movie. I think if Chuck Norris started throwing like spinning right. roundhouse kicks uh, against, <laughs> you know, this serial killer, it, it's going to really mess with right. the tone. Even though the movie previously, the tone was really all over the place. Now we're in this really, really serious, dramatic yep. moment. I think they're keeping, I think they did it correct by keeping the fight yep. really grounded. They're literally like rolling around in the dirt it, and it does feel tense. So I yeah, like the, the, the tension's there, right? And yeah, like you said before, mm -hmm. it's grounded literally because they are wrestling mm -hmm. on the floor at times. Um, they're doing a lot of grounded hits. And, you know, the tension is there because Chuck Norris is, whenever he gets the better of the other dude, the other dude just gets back up. <laughs> and that, that's all it takes for, you know, uh, uh you know, like for for there to constantly feel like there's like stakes being had, and even when Chuck Norris feels like, is about to win, you know, when you actually see the fight scene, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, the dude just pops back up, and 
you know, uh, you know, like gets the uh, upper hand on on Chuck Norris. So there's, it always feels like there's tension there. It, it almost feels like, uh, you know, it, it's obviously not super flashy compared to what we've we've covered in the past. But it, it makes me think of uh, that fight from They Live. Uh, I don't know if you if you get that kind of vibe, right? It's like it's more it's more uh, gritty, right? A little bit more like yeah, slugfest. it's a it's like a yeah, street yeah, fight. It's a street fight. Yeah, like in a you know in a in a real street fight, no one's gonna throw a fucking spinning <laughs> hook kick or, or anything like that. You're you're just kind of flailing your arms. You're just desperately trying to knock the other guy out. Uh, if you you know if you're not a skilled martial right. artist, that tends to be right. what happens. And yeah, I, I, I do. While I while I can't say I like this fight, I I think it's appropriate for this yeah. uh, this moment right. in the movie. Yeah, I was thinking like. since we're doing. How can we're? I was just always wondering, like, how can you do a effective horror martial arts movie without it being comedic, right? Because that was the mm-hmm. that was the issue we had with Encounters of the Spooky Kind, and I'm assuming a lot of Chinese, like Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong horror kung fu movies have that kind of theme too. You know, you kind of can have to connect them. Uh, how can you do horror effectively? It's like, well, you have to make compromises somewhere. It probably has to be with the choreography, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think that this, uh, you know, for this movie, the, the the type of action is very fitting, and that's that's all yeah. uh, that's all I have to say about what is this movie called again? Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck Sil- Norris's Rage. <laughs> Silent yes. Rage. I don't understand why it's called Silent Rage. I, I mean, the guy. He talked the guy in the talk? beginning, and know, that was it. <laughs> Yeah, yep. that's true. Get that's it. true. Yeah, this is this is a this is like a, a almost a hidden gem. It, it was it was definitely an entertaining watch because we were we were so <laughs> desperate for fights. Like once the barroom fight came, I was like, oh, okay, okay, and then it ended. I was like, <laughs> and then we got to the like the hour mark or not the hour like the mm-hmm. hour twenty mark, and I realized, oh no, we haven't had a legitimate fight. This entire movie, by, yeah. minus that barroom fight. The best oh, thing that happened no. from that barroom fight was when they poured boobs on those girls' titties. And that was it. But you were like, oh, what a waste of beer. <laughs> 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 All right. Shortest episode ever. Until, <laughs> until we talk about our last movie, which I don't know how much of a tangent we want to go on. Or how much of a tirade we want to go on. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh this is Yakuza Apocalypse. Yay! Uh, you, uh, oh my God! This this uh, I, okay. So I haven't seen much of Takashi Miike's movies. I I know him as a director. He's done a lot. Like I think I've I think I might have seen Audition. Actually, no, no, I've heard of Audition. I yeah, that's probably his most famous one. But if you like really weird cult cinema movies like he is you know like a lot of uh filmmaker or film fanatics know him i've seen a bunch of his films i can't remember all of them but there's always this kind of weird underlying like just weird factor to it (laughs) there's there's always something odd about his movies sometimes and this based on all the films i've seen from him uh yakuza apocalypse is it it feels like a Mike film, uh, especially in how it ends. It's just so freaking like left field, oddball, like a- anything you could think of, like off kilter. All, all the words for weird. <laughs> all the words. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, Zero, you're telling me this movie's weird? Because <laughs> I didn't get that vibe at all. Right, right. So 
so do you think this fits under our martial arts horror theme? Uh, all right. Well, I, I know that you are excited to talk about this movie. I think it's because you are interested to see what my reaction was. <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> because I remember we were sitting there and I would, every time something would happen, like literally anything would happen on in the movie, I would be like, Zero, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I would be like crying. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> And I and here's the thing. I I'm just gonna say this movie's about vampires and the Yakuza, and that's as much as I can do to summarize this movie. <laughs> if I if I try to explain it anymore, it's just gonna be a rabbit hole. It's just gonna keep going down further and further. Yeah. I, I I could give it a, a better shot if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. T- take a sure. shot if if you can. I can't. I don't even think I can do it. <laughs> All right, so the main character is induct is like a newly inducted into the yakuza, uh, and hit the yakuza lead is a vampire, and he gets killed. The vampire mafiosa boss gets killed, but he, but then uh, the mafiosa boss bites the neck of the main character, and then the main character is now, uh, he calls himself a yakuza vampire yakuza but but he's not real he's he, he's technically a vampire yakuza but he's he refers to himself as yakuza even though there's the regular yakuza who is not vampires but he keeps calling himself the yakuza so it's really confusing and then now the vampire yakuza is biting the necks of innocent people and recruiting them so you have a bunch of regular people becoming vampire yakuza but they're not the yakuza so i don't understand why they're called vampire yakuza meanwhile there's like a frogman that appears out of nowhere um he and he is hired by the main villains of the movie but you don't know who the villains are because you think the main character is supposed to be the he's kind of portraying like the villain because he's infecting the world with his vampire yakuza blood (laughs) and and then meanwhile there's also like this little boy slash girl character who's like super weak and she wants to die uh, initially, so she asks for an axe to the throat. But then she, but then they stop her from doing that. And then when he becomes a vampire yakuza, he's all of a sudden a badass and always screaming and attacking people for no reason. And I feel uh, like I'm just maybe we going, can just leave it there. You, I'm just you going in circle. Uh, <laughs> I am describing, and then also uh, Yayan's in the movie. Hey, and, Yayan. Uh, yeah, Yayan from the raid is in the movie, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna keep going because I'm telling you this this never ends. Yayan is part of the villains, but he, I think he's. I'll, I don't even understand what the villains are trying to do there's also a turtle man with beak and i think the joke is that he smells yeah i, I, I didn't get that either oh my god yeah so uh, d- <laughs> just, just stop just me to, anytime yeah just just to sum it up the the plot is all over the place it's really really hard to decipher while you're Ugh. watching it and us trying to uh deliver it to you but basically uh there's vampires in the yakuza and they start biting innocent people, and it kind of spreads like a virus. That, that's kind of the... I feel like that's the general gist. And then there's 
uh, they're trying to take him out. <laughs> like, oh shit! Now you got me doing it. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you're like missing the the room where there are and people are knitting and oh my god, they stomp them in the the. Fu- I I can't talk about this movie without talking about the nonsensical everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this movie is yeah, nonsensical. There are so many odd little tangents about the plot, but they're they're it. it this movie's like a train wreck. And but not necessarily in like a negative way, at least for oh, me, no? because you just you can't help but watch in awe and just try to understand what you're seeing. You're, there's a there's a lady who spews white goo out of her neck for no reason. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. One of one of the one of the uh, like second tier yakuza bosses. Yeah, she there's like white snot coming out of her ears. And that that little B plot is oh my god that little B plot is her growing a garden of children using the ear gunk to give them sustenance. Well, it's it's milk. Is it milk? <laughs> I milk. don't I don't know. <laughs> so there's a scene of her pouring milk on 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 patches of dirt to to grow trees, but then then it turns into like a. Uh, it's a cutaway gag of a bunch of like marionette kids. I don't understand. I'm I'm done explaining the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything else to say. Uh, let's talk about the action. Otherwise, uh, you know, we're gonna be talking about the story, and I I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, Yayan from the raid is in this, and uh-huh. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, okay. You got vampires, you got Yayan from the raid. Okay, this has got to be martial arts horror. It, it's got to be, right? <laughs> it's it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, well, okay, so there obviously is action in the movie, right? It's fucking batshit insane, but at least there is action in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so even though Yayan is the He's fights the main character several times in the film. Uh, the way that they utilize Yayan is kind of disappointing because okay, in the earlier f- uh, fight scenes with Yayan in it, uh, where he fights the the main character, it's it's edited to shit. Uh, the camera will be like either way too close, so you can't actually see what's happening. Uh, and you know, like you can see snippets of it, like freeze frame. You could freeze frame. You see like oh yeah, you can t- clearly tell Yayan's throwing a punch. But, you know, like, you can't see if it's landing or whatever, you know, and, and a lot of the actions just kind of, like, muddled by, like, the foreground, you know, the foreground character being too too close. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I kind of blame a lot of this on the cinematography. They yeah. keep on shooting behind the main character while Yayan is advancing, mm-hmm. and you can't see what he's doing because the main character is in front of the camera. So it right. just gets really visually annoying. And, oh, man, they keep on doing this thing. Anytime there's a big hit, they do, like, this camera camera shake. Mm -hmm. It's like a digital one, right? Yeah, it's very digital, yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, like... Some of you know some of the core choreography doesn't look bad. It's just it, the way it's shot, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. In in I would say in the middle of the movie, it it kind of it's really visually annoying. Yeah. I I want to say once you get towards the end of the movie, and we now introduce this this kind of boss character who is a man in a frog costume. Think of um, who brings upon the end of the world. 
I I don't know. Let, let's just let's just yeah, just leave. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want like to spoil the ending because it's so fucking out there. <laughs> but the the I guess you could say the final boss is this guy in a frog suit. Think of like a like a Chuck E. Cheese outfit or like a like a Mickey Mouse Disney World outfit. It's literally like one of those. Uh, yeah, like a foam suit, giant head, and there's a person in there, and he has nunchucks at one point, and it's oh god, there's this 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 movie, there's just this is too much. <laughs> you know, the final fight with the frog, well, the fight the fight with the frog isn't technically the final fight, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fight with the frog that. Uh, you know, it's it's as good as the action can possibly get, right? It's it's ri- absolutely ridiculous because we in between like the, uh, the physical fighting between the main character and him, there's like a grenade that he stands on, and the dude, the frogman, jumps on top of it and is launched like a uh, hundred and twenty feet up in the air, <laughs> but like in a comical fashion, like it literally hurt him straight at all. up into the <laughs> air, like like it just gave him like a rocket jump. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, but at least in the middle of all this, there's a little bit of fight. Like, yeah, like when when he fights, when he when the main character fights the guy in the frog suit, there's some decent choreography. I I like it. It's it's not the most complicated choreography because you have to remember this is a man in a a giant frog suit. He has very very limited visibility, and you can see like his giant head is just bobbling all over the place. And it's definitely making these like jumping, spinning, like hook kicks very difficult. <laughs> right, but I'm, what I meant to say was actually the second part of that fight. The second part of it is when the, the man in the the giant frog suit removes the oh, giant no, don't, frog don't, suit. Don't don't reveal that. Don't reveal that. That's that's an awesome <laughs> awesome moment. Well, when it happens, you're you're expecting to be like, "Oh, I wonder what's underneath that." <laughs> yeah, but it's another. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. It's another. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, when we were watching that, I was like, I I, I could feel like our brains were just leaking out of our ears, like <laughs> <laughs> like towards the end of this movie. Uh yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, my brain was just complete mush after this. Um. Yeah, and I'll, I don't know. Like, at least there's some some decent choreography from this guy. You know, like, he, he can clearly tell that he he knows something, uh, even though he has a belly button that's like his kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the uh, the um, the bandage over his belly button, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and whatever. Then when he- and when you remove that, it's like a do not touch thing. It's like, oh, what did you do? And then it brings upon the end of the world. Right. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to talk about, other than uh, the final, the final, final fight of the movie right. is with Yayan. Yeah, of course, of course, you want to end your martial arts movie with a very talented, renowned martial artist that everyone knows with some impressive choreography. So what do they do? Yayan and the main character literally punch each other for five minutes <laughs> think of um oh man we made this we i made this reference before in a previous episode think of metal gear solid 4 when they're oh, yeah. on top of the oil tankers at the end and they're literally just punching each other back and forth that's this whole scene <laughs> it is a complete waste of this martial artist talent like both of them like the the, the main character 
Uh, sorry, I don't remember his, his the actor's name, but he's actually you know he's a competent martial artist in, yeah. in when he's fighting the frog guy. And, but you literally have them uh, going like wrist to wrist with one hand. Think of like uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller or or the Raid Two. Like mm-hmm. I actually had I, oh I got yeah, semblances yeah. of that. And yeah. then they both scream and they punch each other at the same time, and that goes on for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're doing. Oh and man, I, it's. So disappointing. Like y- Yayan, even before this fight, he was like, "Oh, we we you know he he says something ominous, like, oh, this is you know we're, we're gonna do it now,' uh-huh. because they were kind of uh, they were kind of separated uh, this whole time by just like random stuff, mm-hmm. and now they're back together, and you think it's gonna be this epic fight. Yayan takes off his robe, and it looks like he has like the uh, yakuza tattoos all over him. And right. it, it feels like it's going to be big and crazy. And no, no. This feel, You know what this feels like? This feels like a David Lynch moment, right? So mm-hmm. Takashi Miike is like, oh, you know what? That would be a great way to mess with the audience is if we just had this these two great martial artists just punch each other in the <laughs> face. Like, but without any tact or any strategy, just keep punching each other right, in the face. right. This, and also this is make how it you super an- slow. This is how you annoy martial arts fans. Like I, I can just imagine uh, other, you know, martial arts enthusiasts just like screaming as like they see these guys just, you know, throw haymakers at each other. That's it. They just keep on punching each other in the forehead. Yeah, and and it literally just ends when one of them just stops standing up. And that's it. That's it. that's the end of the fucking movie. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't want to say anything about the actual ending of the movie or what happens because it's so batshit insane. But yeah, in terms of fights, that's it's really disappointing how Yayan was extremely underutilized in this film. Yes, yeah, I, I think I think Yayan read the script and was like, uh, sure. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, sure, I'll sign on. He's like, oh, he's like, is it all is it all expense paid trip to Japan? Sure, yeah, I'll go there. And you know, you know what's kind of funny too. I like that when you first meet Yayan, they dressed him up as this uh, otaku character. Yeah, he's got the backpack, and it looks like he has the anime posters in there. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. the glasses. He's asking people if uh, this is uh, Akihabara. Akihabara. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's cute, you know. And he's he's you know he's pretty short compared to all the other characters, so he, he's just like this cute little nerdy guy walking around the street. And then you realize he can kick butt. But they don't know how to film it correctly, so he just looks like a sloppy mess. That's the best way to describe this movie. You just summed it up right there. It's a sloppy mess, <laughs> but it's somehow a movie. It be, it became a movie, <laughs> and, and we just talked about it. And that was fucking Yakuza Apocalypse. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything more to say about it because my my brain cells have rotted away just by looking at it again. <laughs> I could see your brain leaking out of your ear while you were trying to give the description of the movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just went on that tirade that there was, never there, ended. There was a moment when we were watching the movie and the the, the, the main character just like just they're the main character and his love interests are just talking in a field and then all of a sudden they're walking in the dump. And the guy just picks up a robe and just walks with, like, where did that robe come from? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm done. Uh, this was an exhausting episode. <laughs> uh, this, this might be a sh- really short one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We, Th- we, those breathe, were... we breeze through this. 
Yeah, so uh, Zero, uh, I don't even know how we want to end this one. Which one would you recommend, and why is it Silent Rage? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, I would recommend Silent Rage. It's the definitely the closest one to being a martial arts horror movie, which is what we were trying to go for. Uh, the martial arts, not so much. Uh, as I mentioned, I feel like that movie kind of fails as a martial arts film, but... Mm-hmm the slasher or serial killer aspects are actually decent you can see the influences of halloween you can see like there, there's some references to the shining in there there's definitely an obvious reference to friday the 13th in there mm-hmm. and i think all the pov one takes uh are, are, are really nice actually a lot, right. lot of tension there so I, I recommend that i definitely recommend uh, yakuza apocalypse that was <laughs> this is like one of the fucking weirdest movies i've seen in a while while we were watching it i was getting kind of bored because the pacing was really slow and it was so weird but there's definitely a moment in the movie where the weirdness starts to really suck you in it's like a whirlpool and we just kept on we just kept on questioning what was happening on screen but i started getting so invested because i didn't understand anything yeah, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to add to anything you just said because you, you, you put it so succinctly. Uh, yeah, I've, obviously, I'm going to choose Silent Rage. Uh, uh, I think the only consensus, the only thing I need to add right now is that just don't watch Hellbinders. Don't waste your <laughs> oh, time yeah. on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty don't, much. Don't waste your time on that. Uh, oh, man, the, I remember when we were watching Yakuza, I was just... I just I sounded like that shrill woman going, "Why, <laughs> why?" Because <laughs> that was a, that, that was my whole experience, just I, trying to piece together some sort of like just like desperately trying to make sense of it. It's like okay, if I try hard enough, maybe the movie will start making sense. Maybe if I get to the end, I'll start understanding it. And by the end, I was like, I feel like I got like molested by this film <laughs> it's like it just took advantage of me it's like yeah 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 he'll he thinks that he understands it but he really doesn't <laughs> and uh yeah that's uh i i recommend yakuza apocalypse for almost the same reason uh if you like weird ass movies uh, it, it it's not like experimental although it kind of is. Uh, you know, maybe check it out. If you like weird for the sake of weird, I think like this does it well enough where it, like once it starts, you get used to it, it becomes kind of comedic. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you'll have a good time with it. Um, this is one of those weird movies that like you show to a bunch of friends and you watch their reaction because they're just <laughs> going to be like, what? Why? Why are you showing this to me? Like, why, why is this happening? Like, they're just going to start questioning and yelling at the screen. <laughs> For all the weird things that are happening, but it, it you know, it's it's fun. I I loved it at the end. It's just so freaking bizarre. Uh, why did why did you make me do that? Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man! All right, so that that is our three movies in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, this just from now on. Let's just stick to Hong Kong. Right? Yeah, they do I, it best. They have a monopoly on this. Unless you want to cover Blade. Uh, here, Here's our consensus on Blade. Or at least my, my verdict on Blade. Uh, watch the first one. Maybe the second one. And Trinity never happened. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all you need to know. <laughs>